The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! I showed up to this specific set. It was in Brooklyn, and I was 18 at the time. We go through hair and makeup. We're talking about outfits. We're doing our fitting. And then all of a sudden, we're shooting. Starts off with like, oh, bring the jacket like a little bit back. And then, you know, slowly take off the jacket. And then, you know, would you feel comfortable doing this or doing that? And then all of a sudden, you get to a point where they're like basically asking you to get naked. And you're like, wait, I actually, I don't want you to have photos of me like that. I actually don't feel comfortable doing that because I feel like a few years ago you couldn't say that they'd be like okay go home and now you can finally have a say with being like actually I don't feel too comfortable with that is there any way we can steer clear of that Hello, hello, hello. Today, we're sitting down with Olivia Pontone. She's a model, social media personality, and wellness advocate. Her skin was so glowy. I asked her all the questions. We talk about body image, social media, and affecting the way you view yourself, eating disorders, the modeling industry, coming out as pansexual, how to break out on social media, Olivia's must-have products, femininity, dealing with trolls, wellness practices, and how she deals with stress. This episode was a fun one. We really asked her so many different questions. It is a bag of checks mix. On that note, a little background, Olivia Pontone quickly shot to internet stardom in early 2020 after signing to Wilhelmina Models in New York City. At 20 years old, she now amassed a following of 11 million followers and 780 million views across her social channels, which is wild. And what I love about this episode is there's so many photos of her. There's so many videos, but this episode really gets to the core of who she is. She's vulnerable. She's amazing. I think you're going to love it. Olivia, welcome to the show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Let's go back before you were this famous, huge all-star on social media. How did you grow up? What was your childhood like? My childhood was the beachiest girl you can possibly imagine. I grew up in Naples, Florida, which is like a total beach town. And I grew up basically waking up, going to school, bringing my bikini with me in the car, and then going to the beach after, and then working out eventually at the beach. <laughs> what are some things that you look back on on your childhood and and you can pinpoint where you struggled? Honestly, with like acceptance of myself, if that makes any sense. Like I feel like especially with like the LGBTQ aspect of it, I definitely can look back and be like, wow, there's some pretty red flags that I feel like I should have noticed. And then also just like in high school, I feel like everyone kind of experiences like high school bullies and whatnot. And that was just definitely something I struggled with, with like not having friends because I feel like my mindset was totally different from like the classic normal 16-year-old body self that we were going through. What would you get bullied for? Honestly, like just the randomest things. Like my body is like one thing that's like obviously very out there in my hometown. It's very having a thicker body and having like the thick thighs and the huge butt and the huge boobs was like very popular at my high school. I don't have any of that. So that was definitely something that I would get bullied for. Whereas like my friends, they would like all have that. And, you know, I was a very athletic build, but it was a totally different I mean, obviously, every body shape is totally different. So mine just like didn't match up to what their beauty standards was. You grew up, I feel like, at a time where there there's a lot of social media. 
Yeah. We didn't have that in high school. I can't imagine. Was there is there more of a dynamic that comes along with that when you're already struggling with your body image in high school and then you also have social media on top of it? Really aging us there, Lauren. Just <laughs> you were yeah. fucking paging me when I was twelve. I don't so. think I had a smartphone. You call it smartphone. I don't think I even had a phone with a screen until I like after the, college. I played Snake in high school. If that wait, all. I played that too. You did? Yes. Yeah, but it was the same kind of snake that I was I'm playing. I'm not sure. Did you, have to, like a, <laughs> did you have to press a blocky number key like three? Yeah, eight? we had to do like the up, down, side, side buttons. Okay, like okay, right. okay, okay, okay. I feel a little better. <laughs> but you had social media was very relevant. When yeah, you were I mean, I think this just it was even like a positive impact for me was the fact that like Victoria's Secret models were like huge during my middle school and high school era. And I was, although like looking back at it, it was very hard for my mental health looking at these like 22 to 25 year old women who were like beautiful and had these huge boobs and were like 5'10 and I think looking back at that I mean there was definitely times where I went to the beach and like I taped my boobs together and like taped my thighs together because I wanted to like be foreseen as like this Victoria's Secret angel I was 13 years old like I was not supposed to look like a 22 year old woman at the time and I think that was definitely that was super interesting do you think that this was perpetuated through social media though the way that you were feeling or is it like more internal in your high school I think honestly it was more internal in my high school like social media definitely was affecting it I would say like my junior and senior year but at that point I think I had like given up completely what other people had thought about me that it didn't hurt as much as if I did care eating disorders is that something that you've experienced directly 1000% I think it truly was a little bit more affected by the modeling industry rather than high school like I never really experienced an eating disorder until I reached social media until I had the modeling aspect of it all just because of the pressure of putting yourself out there and having people yeah. kind of chime in and judge yes yeah. 100% do you remember something whenever someone comes on here and they talk about their eating disorder they can remember like a moment that it that it clicked in like they saw something in a magazine or Crystal came on and she was talking about how she watched a video in school of someone who was bulimic. And so she went home and she did that. Was there like a moment or an epiphany mm -hmm. that you experienced? I was in Europe and I was at a fitting or I was at a casting and I just heard them talk about me for probably like five minutes straight in Italian. And I was so confused and I didn't really process why they were like, not looking at me in a certain way. And then I realized that I didn't get the job. And then you can kind of just put two and two together and realize that they were talking about you. And I think then walking the streets after, and especially in Europe, you can pinpoint who's a model in the streets. It's like very obvious. It's like the people that are wearing all black and, you know, they're like thin. And I think after that one trip that I went on, it just like kind of went downhill from there. I just finished Rose McGowan's book called Brave you guys should read it. It's really good. But she talks about the same experience of casting directors openly talking about the way you look in front of you. That is demeaning. It's the weirdest experience. It's like almost like you're like a prop. Yeah. Like it's like you don't have feelings. You're like you're supposed to just be numb and then you walk in and you know you have five to 15 minutes to basically convince these people to book you or to like you. And I don't know. That's a long enough time but realistically, I think it takes more of like a conversation where they don't want to have conversations with 100 different girls. You have to somehow figure out a way to stand out. And that 
is one of the hardest things with modeling. I think that's what's so great, though, now with with TikTok and Instagram and all this. It's like you can appeal to the people that you should be appealing to. And yes, there's trolls and all that. But like it's also like you can find your people direct as opposed to having to go through these casting directors and then having them put you out. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100 percent, which is that's kind of how I started just with modeling in that aspect, because the casting directors were so harsh and the modeling agencies were so I remember the first modeling agency that I ever even spoke to about modeling, which I've never even talked about this. She told me I was very small when I first started modeling. I wasn't even I think I was five, six, five, seven. So I hadn't even completely grown into my body yet. And she told me this like looking back at it, a disgusting diet that I had to follow. It was like a mixture of keto and vegan, but like cutting out all carbs, all dairy. I I quintessentially had to eat like salads for every single meal and I did it for like two weeks and I told my mom my mom was like what is wrong with you and I was like oh I'm trying this diet and I had no personality and I was like is that what modeling agencies expect from girls to like have zero personality or even like like a glow and they just want you to be like this like stick thin prop basically what changed your mindset to pivot from modeling to what you're doing now It was definitely during COVID. And I think just because modeling had stopped at the time, social media was picking up more during COVID. (laughs) I mean, there was never really like a change. I think it just kind of like went back and forth where we were like, okay, either I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And I'm trying right now to like mend them both together and just try to keep my mentality state up there. Well, it seems like you're very, very beautiful. And to me, you look like a model, but you also have this personality. And it sounds like with modeling... They just want to showcase the way you look and you like you're more than that. It's like you want you want to show a more multifaceted. Yeah, because I think a lot of models get like out, not outspoken, but they don't have a voice a lot of the time, especially I mean, going on set and wearing clothes that you're not comfortable in or X, Y, Z. It's really nice to finally, I guess, have a voice in certain things. so You don't have to feel awkward, you know, going on set and they want you to like pose nude and you're like, wait, I actually don't feel comfortable doing that because I feel like a few years ago you couldn't say that they'd be like okay go home and now you can finally have a say with being like actually I don't feel too comfortable with that is there any way we can steer clear of that so can you look back on your modeling career and there's times when you went to a job and they're like take your clothes off yeah that was like one of the first ones in New York that I was like wait what? Wait, so and they don't give you like a yeah, list of what you're through, doing. Uh, before. Walk us through that. I don't huh. understand. So you so you show up there and they're just yeah. like they spring it on you. I mean, I showed up to this specific set. It was in Brooklyn, and I showed up and I was 18 at the time. And you know, we go through hair and makeup, we're talking about outfits, we're doing our fitting, and then all of a sudden we're shooting. And you know, it starts off with like, oh, bring the jacket like a little bit back and then you know slowly take off the jacket and then you know would you feel comfortable doing this or doing that and then all of a sudden you get to a point where they're like basically asking you to get naked and you're like wait I actually I'm 18 years old like I don't want you to have photos of me like that and what are they what can they even do with those photos can they they can't publish them look for certain brands like they can publish them it depends on their brand look what happened to Emirata what happened oh for the she was young model and she went she tells this story in her book. She went to this this guy's house really Photog- young. She was really young, like not famous yet. She went to a photographer's house, which like 
I, c- I could see like I used to do things like that I've when I was like that. 18. Yeah. I would go to like you go to the photographer's house. I would like shoot pictures like it was like very casual. She shot pictures. He took a bunch of naked photos of her on Polaroids. Oh, and then he kept them. And he kept them. And she they're beautiful photos. And then literally like 10 years later, when she was famous, he published a book. And it's legal for him to do. You can't, you can't it's get... legal for him to do because oh, they're his photos. They're his photos. Oh shit! He published a book. It's this thick. I think he also published part two of all her naked photos, and there was nothing she could do. And he made money off it. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, and I think just also looking back at it, I mean, this was only like two years ago, and realizing that I also thought that was normal. I would go over to photographers' houses and take photos with them, and you know. I think this also just stems from like a deeper insecurity. Like I was never comfortable with my body. So even when photographers would ask me like shoot naked, I'd be like, honestly, like I'm not even that secure in myself right now. Like I don't feel comfortable taking photos like that. But I remember that photo shoot in Brooklyn was the first time where I was like, they gave me like, I said no. And they were kind of just like, okay, you need to do this. And I was like, wait, like I'm 18 years old. Like you don't, you don't need naked photos of me. Like this isn't something that you really need for this shot like it doesn't make sense also and I'm really happy that I pushed back because I've shot with other photographers where it's not necessarily nude but it's like very sexual photos and even like two years later they'll like post them on their Instagram and they'll tag me and I'm like this was shot two years ago I was freshly 18 you can see my entire body I'm like this I well I'll DM them back and I'll be like hey like do you mind deleting that like I was 18 years old I'm tw- like there's a totally do they delete different- it no <laughs> I bet you they see the DM at the top and they just don't open it. I will say something about photographers and you you know more than about this than me, but so tell me if this has changed. And this isn't every photographer. So if you're a photographer, don't like have come a photographer for me. community coming at the show now, Lauren. <laughs> a lot of male photographers let off this energy that makes you feel less than when you're young. It's an energy of like you want to like prove to them. Like to get their approval. Yeah. It's an you, energy. I can't explain Well, I it. imagine they use other women maybe in your field saying like, well, this person did this and you're not doing this. So maybe you're not going to be as They're successful. They're dismissive. As- yeah. I would say it's manipulative. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's the right uh-huh. word, but they're good. Like you're saying, they'll be like, oh, well, this model did this photo shoot last month and it's published in Vogue. You need to be doing this. And I'm like, well, first of all, this is not a Vogue photo shoot. I'm not that established of a model. And you want me to take these nude photos for you, a 22-year-old man, to have them. It's across the board, too. Like, Or they'll also, they'll name drop to mm-hmm. make, oh, I just shot with... They kind of cut you down. And then they put you in front of the camera to sort of pretend to build you up. It is very manipulative. Well, from your, like, per- I mean... From that perspective, if you can put someone in a weakened state of mind where they're maybe feeling a little insecure uh-huh. and they're like, oh, I better perform and I better do this because, I mean, you're luck- You're probably one of the luckier ones that had the confidence to be like, no, I'm not doing that. But I imagine there's many that you know don't have that kind of confidence and they give in. A lot of my friends, we've talked about this so many times of just like the crazy situations that we've put in, that we've been put in, where we've done some very question, like looking back at it, very questionable things. And we're like, huh. That's crazy how they manipulated me into that situation and I didn't even process it until two years later when I'm in therapy. You just sometimes don't process it in the moment and you look back and you're just like, it's not something you would have done if you had a minute to reflect. It's borderline narcissistic of the photographer. Like 
it's a lot going on. And then they, the thing about the pictures is then they have the pictures. And it's, it's not there. like the act is done and then you walk away and you're just like, oh, that's a horrible memory. That's traumatic. It's like, there's also pictures that they have in their position, possession for like however long. And then they can post them. Exactly. And I think that's where it gets the most messy is, you know, you might say yes when you're 17, 16, that age, but then you get like the whole Emily thing. Then she gets to when she's like 30 or whatever age it would be. Then they decide to publish them. It's like, well, what if, you know, you do something that you mess up on when you're 16 years old and then it comes out when you're 26. Like, obviously, you're not the same person, but it's a photographer in their mind knowing that they can get something off of it. And then they get clout later on. It's just it's it's a whole spiral. You just came out as bisexual recently. Mm -hmm. Looking back on your childhood, can you pinpoint a moment that you knew you were bisexual very yeah. young or do you Prizing, not know? I'm pansexual, which I know that doesn't it's not that big of a difference. Explain the difference for anyone who's listening that doesn't yeah. know. Pansexual is just basically you don't care about anything. Like I this is how I like to explain it. I don't care about gender. I don't care how you look. I don't care about any of that. I'm a very strictly emotional person. And whether it is a guy, whether it is a girl, whether it's not binary person, transgender, it's open to completely everything. I appreciate you telling us the difference because I know there's a lot of people that listening that want to be want to say the correct thing and they don't know the difference. Yeah. So and I think how you're explained like that's very digestible. Yeah. A lot of even when I came out, a lot of my friends were like, wait, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, I was talking to this non-binary person and then I did some research and I was like, wait, OK, there's, I guess, a different term for that, which I do think it is a very interesting topic because bisexual is like just for females and men or females and men. Yeah. So when you look back on your childhood, did you know that that was something that was always your preference or has it evolved? I think in high school, I was so insecure with myself that I really craved male validation like a lot as boy crazy. I've always been boy crazy. I've always just been like relationship crazy. And looking back at it, definitely a lot of the people that I liked was because I blatantly craved validation. But I mean, you, I was, you would get in relationships to basically feel some way about yourself because you weren't. I've never had like a boyfriend until I was 18 because okay. none of them were date me. I don't know. It's a very weird. I don't know. When you I say date been, you like meaning bo be boyfriend, girlfriend yeah. or like, like I never had to go out with you. Yeah. Like yeah. they wouldn't even, I didn't, I was 17 when I got taken on my first like actual date and it was by like a guy that was much older than me. So looking back at that, that was a red flag, but I didn't really process it at the time either. Is that something because you didn't want to or? No, I just, I would, I've asked many boys to be my boyfriend or like to go out and they would either just say no or make up some excuse. Pamela Anderson just gave the best tip. I'm obsessed with this tip. I can't stop talking about it. She said on the documentary, she goes, this is how you get someone to marry you. You say, I'm never marrying you. I like, say that to everyone. I'm never marrying well, listen, you. You're not. You, I'm never marrying you. I'm never gonna date you. It's a fucking lose. Like it's never gonna happen. And then they're obsessed with you. Well, people like the chase, you know. Also that, and I feel like I should have definitely embodied that a little bit more because I was the complete opposite. I just craved, like everyone had a boyfriend or a girlfriend growing up, and I, it was just like me. And I never had a boyfriend. I never had a girlfriend. I was obsessed with this one guy for like three years of my life. That like. Odd. We were like in a love triangle with like four other people. It was so messy. And I just like was obsessed with the toxicity of it and like that validation that I got from it. And then 
looking back at it, it was so obvious that it was not love at all. I told him I was in love with him. I did not love him at all. And he's kicking himself right now. He's a oh. troll. He's user 855 <laughs> underscore 218. Oh, no, he's fully like reached back out to me and all oh, these different times. And the I'm like, worst. <laughs> I'm like, you literally broke my heart like 37 times, but OK. <laughs> so looking back on on your childhood, you when did you know that you were pansexual? Like, what was the epiphany of that? Was it later? I think it was quite honestly when I met my ex-girlfriend when it, it was, it all clicked because there was like a large part of my time where I wasn't like sexually active because I just wasn't attracted to men at that point in my time in my life. And, you know, everyone else around me was like going out and, you know, hooking up with people. And I just would crave that, but I never had anyone that I was like, oh yeah, like I want to go kiss them right now. And then I met her and I all kind of just like mended together. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. And did you meet her while you have your social presence going on? Yeah, it was probably, ooh, this time, probably two years ago, maybe a little bit longer. I literally just saw her on my 40 page and I was so confused by like the feeling that I was feeling. I was like, wait, you do saw I... her on your for you page and you like you like fell for her then. Like Did I stalked her? her every single day for two weeks. And then I just didn't have the balls to like DM her anything. I just was like, I couldn't figure out for the longest time either if I wanted to be her or if there was like a deeper feeling in that. And a lot of it was like internalized homophobia that I was experiencing that I can now look back at. And what do you mean be her? Like, like I, I get what you're saying. Like some, I don't know. It's like, you guys don't understand. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to keep up here. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. like just, like girls, like there's girls in high school that you like. Look like at, I want to be her so bad. Like what lip gloss is she wearing? Yeah. And it was kind of that thing because she was like a D1 athlete. She was blonde. She's beautiful, in my opinion. And I was like, wait, is that like an alternate universe of like what I wanted to be? And looking back at it. No, that's not what I wanted to be. It's just I liked her. So you slid in her DMs. Yeah. What'd you say? I said hi with like four eyes. And that's to my day. That's how I slid into a girl's DMs. <laughs> so, so did you know that she was into women too? Yeah. I waited to make sure that I like 100% knew. And then I did some stalking and she posted stuff about like her being gay. And I was like, oh. So when, she, when you say hi, what does she say back? I think she's just like, hi. And you like guys, she was so confused why I DM'd her. She's like, I'm um, hello. She's like, I thought I was in trouble. Like we talked about it later. She's like, I thought there was like something that I did wrong and you were like going to get mad at me. I was like, what? Quick break to talk about Vroom. With Vroom, you can shop thousands of cars right from your phone and have your next ride delivered straight to you. I love all of these industries being disrupted by better technology with more choices for consumers. And Vroom is definitely the better way to buy your next car. No more haggling or negotiating the price of a car so you know you're getting a great deal. There are thousands of cars available on Vroom.com so you can make sure that the ride you really want is what you get. Another great feature about shopping for a car with Vroom is that you have a full week or 250 miles whichever comes first to make sure your new ride is right for you. Vroom cars also come with a 90-day limited warranty and a one-year roadside assistance nationwide to give you that peace of mind on the road. If you have an old car, you can also trade that in when you buy your new one, or you can even just sell it to Vroom. It's an amazing service as they give you your price instantly and will even come pick up your old car. No more meeting up with strangers to haggle over the price of your car. Vroom takes care of everything. Vroom is just a better way to buy a car. So if you're a car lover and you're looking for something new and unique, 
unique. Just visit broom.com. You can buy a car from Broom entirely online. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to broom.com and check out thousands of cars. Again, that's broom.com, V-R-O-O-M.com. You can buy a car from Broom entirely online. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to broom.com and check out thousands of cars. Again, that's broom.com, V-R-O-O-M.com. Again, that's broom.com, V-R-O-O-M.com. Things fluctuate for me. <laughs> like I'm always changing. After Zaza, my body was changing. My boobs were changing, breastfeeding, all those things. And then I got back into fighting shape and then I got pregnant with Towns and then things were fluctuating again. And now I am really heavy on the weights. I'm eating a lot of protein. So things are fluctuating, especially with my boobs. And I need a great solution-oriented bra and underwear, okay? And obviously who I am obsessed with because they just get it is Skims. Skims is a solution-oriented brand creating the next generation of underwear, loungewear, and shapewear for everybody. I am telling you, you guys, I have tried so many different undergarment brands. I'm like very much someone who likes to try a lot of things and then pick what I love. And this is the brand. If you're looking for something that's lightweight and form-fitting, they have this collection. It's called the Fits Everybody Collection. And it's underwear. Like I said, lightweight, form-fitting essentials. They're so buttery soft. The fabric like molds to your body and stretches to twice its size. So what I like about this is I was able to wear it when I had towns, but then I'm also able to wear it when I'm getting back into my fighting shape. So it's offered in a range of cuts and fits from underwear to bras to dresses to t-shirts to bodysuits, and it's available in XXS to 4X. It's also offered in nine colorways and limited edition seasonal colors. I'm a big fan of black and nude, but sometimes I like to throw a pop of color in there. Skims is the best. I'm obsessed with the scoop bralette and onyx. That is my absolute favorite. Go run and get it. And then if I want like a push-up situation, they have this bra called the Mica, and it really pushes the girls together and gives you a nice umph. Believe the hype. This collection has over 90,000 five-star reviews for a reason. Skims fits everybody and more best-selling essentials are available now at skims.com. Plus you get free shipping on orders over $75 all at skims.com. Symbiotica is saving my life. I am telling you, I take and use this brand every day. So does Michael. They have the most sophisticated formulations. Everything they have, number one, tastes so good. It's so easy to take because it's in like these little packets that you just squirt in your mouth. And everything is scientifically proven to increase vitality and longevity. I am telling you, the vitamin C is it. You got to get the vitamin C. It's liposomal. And I like to put it in my water with ice or I'll just take it plain. It tastes like a vanilla chai. It's so good. I just feel like you can't go wrong with vitamin C. You could also go to their site and grab the vitamin D3 and also the B12. Every single thing about this brand was thought out from the packaging to the way it boosts your energy. My daughter likes it. She likes the chocolate mushrooms on her ice cream. Michael likes everything. He's just symbiotica obsessed I also like winding down with the magnesium spray. This is one of those brands that you could honestly just go to the site and get anything and you'd be happy. Every single person that I've recommended this brand to is in love with it. They just go back for more. I like literally harass the brand too. 
<laughs> like always. I'm always texting the owner. He's been on this podcast asking him like what I should take for what. They have the highest quality bioavailable ingredients and the most advanced delivery system. You can't go wrong. Like I said, go and take their online quiz to find out the best supplements for your specific health goals. Grab the magnesium spray at night. It's just so good. It smells like lavender. Like everyone needs it. We also have a code. I've used my code so many times. Visit symbiotica.com slash skinny for 15% off site-wide. Symbiotica.com slash skinny for 15% off site-wide. So do you guys go on a date? You fall in love? How did that love story transpire? <laughs> it was, uh, I sent her DMs and I like travel a lot for work. So I was traveling for a bit and then she went back home for I think a month or so. So we like just didn't really talk that much. And then she ended up coming back to LA and that's where I lived at the time. And I like asked her to come over to my house. We were having like a movie night. Like I used to live in a huge house with, we do like a bunch of activities like that. And she couldn't come over that night. But then she came over the next day, I think for like a basketball game that we were hosting. And it was just the, the awkwardest experience I'd ever been in. I like did not know how to let this girl know that I was like interested in her. I was so just kind of like, oh yeah, like, she literally straight up asked me if I was gay. And I was like, I, yeah, I'm bisexual, I think. I don't know. So I don't know. She's like the first person I ever felt like safe with in that aspect. So how long did you guys date for? Like on the books, like six months. But we were like on and off for like a year and a half, I think. And then at what point throughout this do you realize that you're pansexual? Um... I don't know like exact timelines, but like we would be like dating and then we would just not be on speaking terms and then we'd be dating and then we wouldn't be on speaking terms. And I know one of the times I was on set for a job and there was a non-binary person on set and I was like, wait, I really am interested in them. And then we just started talking more and started just getting more, I guess, educated on non-binary people because I at the time didn't have any friends that were non-binary. So I was just like very interested as itself, it was just. Will just you tell the audience exactly what non-binary is? Yeah, so non-binary is where you just don't go by a gender and you use like they/them pronouns. And I don't want to speak for non-binary people, but it's kind of like where you don't feel like you're one certain gender. I know some people like going back and forth. Some people just don't feel like either. It's a very, in my opinion, it's like a very free space because you can just very openly be who you are. And I. Yeah, I love that about a person when they can be like that free and open. When you're going through all this, you have a huge social media platform. How are you managing all this? You've got a lot going on with your socials because it's a lot. And I want to talk about the business side. of it. <laughs> I think it was like never expect. OK, I guess when I was, you know, gaining my followers on TikTok, it was because I was this blonde beach girl that lived in Florida and I was just very like, to a men's eyes, I was very appealing. And I had a lot of men followers in the beginning. And then I guess a lot of them were homophobic because when I came out, a lot of them did not like it. And at the time- well, Maybe I not care. homophobic, but maybe they just realized they lost their chance. It's, yeah, it's, so maybe it was that sense as well. So I was very confused and I was like, wait, what is going on? Like you experienced bullying and hate? Yeah, 100%. From men? Yeah, and all types of people. I never for the, for the life of me will understand why anyone cares what 
anyone's yeah, doing with their sexuality. Who cares? I still experience it. And it's been like two years since I came you out. You are right, though. It A lot of it comes from a projection of maybe they're gay. Yeah, you honestly, you, you never I mean, know. You know what I mean? And they're they're, they're fearful. It's it's all it's very fear based. One thousand when someone's so angry. Yeah. And I remember I came out on social media like I didn't even know that I came out until the next morning. I like guess I was like really tired and I accidentally posted like the wrong video. And then I wake up to the next morning. It's like all these text messages being like, oh, my God, congratulations. Like my best friend was, was sleeping over at my apartment at the time and she was sleeping in a different room. And she like comes up and wakes me up in the morning be like, oh, my God, congratulations. Like I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you came out. And I was like, no, I didn't. And she's like, go. Yes, you did. You posted something. And I was like, I was so baffled. I was like, I did not mean to post that last night. Were you like drunk or were no. you just tired? I, I it was just I, a wrong I video. Like, to this day, I don't remember posting it. And I mean, I'm not mad about it. I mean, it's out there. So I was like, it's already been posted for like 12 hours. So. And but. so with the business side of what you do, what does that look like? What does the back end look like? I know how much work goes into the like you got a lot going on. Tell <laughs> us behind the scenes, creating TikToks mm-hmm. of posting all your Instagrams, your stories, everything else you've got going on, which we're going to talk about in a second. How are you managing all these different moving parts? I have a beautiful assistant named Katie. She's right there. <laughs> she helps me a lot. <laughs> I think in the beginning, I mean, I do it because I love it. And I always said the moment I stop loving it, I'm going to stop it entirely. And there was a long time where I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to pull away slowly. And I think genuinely a part of it comes from the fact that I love sharing my life with everyone and like kind of my journey. And I love that it's like a public diary. So I can look back in two or three years where I'm like, oh my gosh, remember when I lived in New York and I was 20 years old with like all my best friends and, you know, kind of that aspect of things. And I mean, managing it for that aspect, I think it's just something that you have to do 24-7. I'm sure you guys know. It's just like a 24-7. Your brain, my brain never shuts off from work. And I think that is a whole other thing that I talk about in therapy a lot because I don't know how to just be like, okay, go to sleep now. Like, stop working. It's just like a 24-7 all the time. What's, uh, I know you can't give me a day in the life because every day is different. I, I feel that. <laughs> but like, what's what are some things that you're doing every day behind the scenes for work? Mm-hmm. Every day for work, I guess finding like a way to share my life in a way that people can one relate to and one and two almost like come along in a sense where it's like, okay, like they might be at home today, but like they can live my life through their shoes, if that makes any sense. So I guess my question is, are you like batching a bunch of content on a Monday or are you just naturally showing it as you go? Definitely more naturally as I go, which... I know when you batch all your content, that's way easier to do. But I feel like because I travel, like I was in Paris two days ago, I'm here in New York and then I go to Hawaii tomorrow. It's like, how do I batch all my content for three weeks in Paris? You it's can't. like, you can't. it doesn't really, I mean, if I'm in New York for like three weeks straight, we'll do days where we like take a bunch of content to like post over the next like three or four days. But I also post a lot. How often do you post? Probably like on Instagram, like once a day and then on TikTok, like four times and then Snapchat, like. 60 times. Snapchat? Yeah. yeah. Do we need to be getting back on Snapchat? Uh-oh. I love Snapchat. I am a Snapchat girl till I die. Really? Yeah. So are you just getting on there and being like, hey guys, like good morning and like taking it through your day? Basically, yes. Like with the Snapchat team, they love 
the more like vlog, like this is what I'm doing throughout my day kind of vibe. And I personally like that. I personally like watching that. And I like that you can be more relatable and more just straight up. Whereas like an Instagram photo, I feel like it's a little bit more curated. Yeah. Especially like on Instagram or TikTok. But on Snapchat, it's just like me walking the streets being like, oh my God, I got laser hair removal this morning. And I cried during it. Awesome. Like, and it's just kind of like bringing you along throughout the day. Do you dare to say that you like Snapchat better than TikTok and Instagram? Honestly, they're all so different that it's hard because I love sharing my Instagram photos with like my cool like photo dumps where it's like, this is what I've done the past week. I love TikTok because it's more like videos and I feel like I can like talk and have conversations with people. And then I like Snapchat because how real it is in real time being like, oh, da, 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 da. Guys, you heard it here first. You have to get back on Snapchat. Sorry. I'm screwed. I can't Olivia keep, I can't just added another thing to our to-do list. <laughs> oh my Bowling. gosh. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to give me a hack on how to get more things done and you tell me I need to get another platform. Yeah, it's crazy, but I love it. So I don't even complain. I'm like, oh, it's fine. A lot of people who are listening are small business owners or they're wanting to maybe break out on social media. With TikTok specifically, what are the tips and tricks? I've always said consistency. Okay. And now I can understand it's like a lot about audios and like which audios you're using and the trends, which it used to not be like that, which is interesting. But I would say consistency is key. And people on TikTok, it's not Instagram. They don't want to see some like beautiful photo of you on the beach in Cabo. They want to see you being real life at this moment in time being like, okay, hey, let's go for a day in my life living in New York or as a small business owner. This is like how I package my products or this is how I make my products, which I find really interesting. Products. Is there a product that you see in your future? Yes. What? Can you like tell making us? my own? Yeah. I've always wanted to make bikinis. That's like always been a huge thing that I've wanted to do just because I feel like there are so many bikini brands, but my number one question asked is like, where do I get my bikinis? I wear a new bikini every single time I go to the beach. Basically, I have thousands of bikinis spread across my different homes that I live. And I think to find like a reliable, I also surf. So finding a swimsuit that doesn't have like the ties or like super bunched up or whatever it would be, finding just like a reliable, sustainable bikini. And that's what I want to create eventually. Can you create a bikini for all different days of the month? Because sometimes I want to wear a bikini that's more revealing, but then I can't wear a bikini that's up my asshole. (laughs) Like, you know, like there's some, there's some people that create bikinis and it's like a string. Yeah. Whereas sometimes that's fun. Sometimes I like doing that. A string is fun sometimes. But, but other sometimes times, I just want to like just look flattered and snatched. And, like, be comfortable. I know. Like even with like the new like leggings that brands are coming out with that have like the technique where it like sinks you in a little yeah. bit. And I'm like, I want to figure out whatever they're doing to that and like make some kind of like high-waisted bikini where it's like, okay, it's full coverage. You can wear it to the beach with like your family. You can also wear it surfing. And then you can also wear it if you want to be like going sexy with your friends. Also, I would love if it had like a lymphatic... Like, a what? you know how they have those leggings that give you lymphatic drainage while you wear them? No, I didn't know that. Can we have that with a bikini too? How are you going to make that? You want like the cargo pants version of bikinis. <laughs> no, I don't want a cargo pant. I want just something that's really flattering. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like bikinis are not made. Like that's not the first. That that, that should be the first. Flatter, yeah. flatter, flatter. Even I ordered like five or six swimsuits last week because I'm going to Hawaii tomorrow. 
and I just tried them on all yesterday. I'm like, all these are so unflattering on me. Like just the way they're cut and I'm telling the fabric. You. I was like, we, I'm returning all of them. I'm like, I'm never going to wear any of these. I also would love if I'm getting very detailed there to be a way you can mix and match. So like I have huge boobs on the top, but like then on the bottom, I might want something different. Maybe like I want something that's really revealing on the bottom, but more mm -hmm. coverage on the top. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I could like mix and match. Exactly. I feel like that's also something that a lot of, you know, people with bigger boobs struggle with. A lot of my friends back home had like, I just remember she had like huge boobs and she could never find something that was like really securing here, but then like smaller in the back. She always had to buy like two different swimsuits. And I was like, how crazy it would be if you could just mix and match them and mix figuring and match. out. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Okay. So... I would love to know some of your beauty tips and tricks. Skin, okay. your eyebrows are erect. I love an erect Please. eyebrow. Like what are what are the secrets that our audience needs to know I when it comes to beauty and skin? Would say finding like a good skin tint is something that I've figured out the past like month or so. Michael's like, what in I'm the lost. fuck? I'm lost. Listen, I try to keep up in the bikinis part and now I'm in the skin tint and I'm just kind of <laughs> No, but I I'm think here for it, but I'm just I'll be honest, I'm a little lost. <laughs> Explain what a skin tint is. Somebody needed to create a map for this episode. I, you know. <laughs> no, fully. But I think I have like a lot of like different colors throughout my skin. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially if you're like very sun exposed. So finding one, because whenever I use foundation, I feel like it just does not either blend well in my skin or it's just so many different colors going on at the same time. So I found like the Milk Makeup one and then the YSL, I think it's just called Skin Tint. They're both fire. And what's in your brows? Refi. I knew you were going to say that. That's <laughs> it's, I bleach my eyebrows all the time and bleach them or dye them back. And for the longest time, I couldn't find a brow gel that like kept them up. I was like, my eyebrows aren't that damaged. Maybe they are. But then I found the Patrick Ta and then the Refi. Those are like the two products that still kind of work for me. I'm like, oh. You okay over there, Michael? You still breathing? Yeah, gotta get my eyebrows up. <laughs> well, I actually did give him a spoolie because here's the thing: when your eyebrows are like going down, it pulls the face down. So you want to make sure, even as a man, if you're listening, take note of this: that your eyebrows are brushed up in like in a feathered way because it's gonna pull everything up. Let me yeah. tell you something: I got two kids now. I'm done. I got. I'm. I'm I can't. I got. You're I can't not worry. done though, because I've seen him brushing his eyebrows up. That's. I a mean, lie. I'll make an attempt, but it, you know. <laughs> yeah, everyone needs. They're a gonna good go where they go. These eyebrow days. brush. Like, you know, I will say though, after I had kids, I started looking at my eyebrows, and I saw started seeing hairs that were just like it's like a dad eyebrow, and it comes like the second you have kids. It's very concerning. Really? Yeah. yeah like, it's it's yeah, alarming. But he like tries to talk to me about it. Well, because like, I look and I'm like, this was never here before I had kids. Like, what is this? It's we like, don't yeah. even hear about your one long eyebrow hair that you had. Like, I'm all of a sudden up. you're that guy that's on like the rocking chair with like the eyebrows that are like hanging down over your eyes. Yeah, you could use the refi. I'm sorry, it is. I can't. It's biology. <laughs> we'll send you some refi yeah, products. You, do, you could use refi. I'm not joking. Like, like coming up, they're gonna be up here. <laughs> yeah, and you also don't want to get them laminated because I feel like the lamination makes them break off. So yeah, I used to get my eyebrows and lashes laminated and last time I went they like broke off half my eyelashes and they like don't work on my eyebrows anymore because like laminated of, how you laminate like a paper kind of yeah kind of they like put like permanent gel that like keeps them permanently up yeah maybe I should get that then I don't have to worry about the spoolie yeah then your your mm -hmm. eyebrow hair would be in your hairline because it's so low <laughs> listen it all 
this thing falls down, these go up. It's I'm fucked up. Okay. <laughs> Doing a transition. What what advice do you have for someone who's listening that wants to come out or is curious? Would you tell them to explore how can people be liberated through their sexuality? I think first of all, explore. For me personally, I didn't come out until I like 1000% knew I was bisexual or like I liked women. I was like, I need to do the deed. I need to figure out if I like this or not because I think having an emotional attachment to somebody is completely different than having a physical interaction with them. So I think first of all, explore. Second of all, be easier on yourself. Like it's hard. Like I remember looking back at this time in my life where I was so hard on myself because I didn't know and I was like, just I had so much self-hate because I couldn't figure it out. I was like, why don't I want to hook up with anyone? But every time I do think about it, I envision like a femininity person. But I didn't want to accept the fact that like I just craved women at the time. And I think also just advice is, especially for coming out. I know a lot of people get scared to come out. I was terrified. I was shaking. I was crying. I didn't tell my mom I think I was dating my girlfriend for like a month or so before I even told her that. I was like, hey, by the way, I have a girlfriend. And was she supportive? Eh, support is a strong word. She wasn't like mad. The generation maybe above us is a little repressed. Our yeah. generation is a little more open. Yeah. You know and what I mean? 1000%. Like when I told all my friends, they were like, oh my gosh, wait, like congratulations. Like my, even my sister was like screaming on the phone. And then when I told my mom, she just was like, oh, Okay, nice. And then I just never came out to my dad. I just sent him a shirt that said, your daughter's gay. What did and he say? We never talked about it. <laughs> I just brought him around my girlfriend and it just, it felt so weird in the beginning, beginning because I felt like I was bringing my like friend around and then I would like kiss her and then I'd be like, wait, it's like, it was definitely something that we like all had to get used to over a period of time. You mentioned off air about, and I'm probably going to flub this, but you said femininity, feminine energy. What did you say off air? Something about stepping into. Oh, femininity and like the LGBTQ. Yes. Explain community. what you meant by that. I think another thing that struggles, a lot of people struggle with, with coming out is I know, at least for me, I didn't want to come out because I didn't think I fit the stereotype of somebody who was quote unquote lesbian or gay or whatever your term would be. And I think our world has almost put like a stereotypical like image of what you're supposed to look like. I totally agree with you. And that's why I've, even for the longest time I was like, no, I'm not. Like I don't fit in this box. I don't fit in this label. And then once you realize that it's not, it's not a label. It, there's not a box. There's You can just be you and love whoever you want to. And if people are going to get mad at you because you don't look a certain way, well you can be pretty femme and you can love women. It's all the same thing. I feel like that needs to be a theme for everything though. Like not everything is wrapped in a perfect bow in a box and people, there's all different strokes for different folks. 1000%. How do you deal with all the trolls that are on TikTok? It hurts. It definitely does sometimes. Do you, my question to everyone is why even read the comments? That's what oh, I, I, yeah. I definitely go look. through phases where I just don't look, especially if I'm posting a certain something about, whatever it would be, it's like, I rather just turn the comments off. I won't look at them. I allow them to have their conversations among themselves. But I went so long with like looking at all of them and caring so deeply. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know what? 
I don't need to read this anymore. One of our favorite platforms is a one-stop shop for everything you need to build online, and it's called Squarespace. Squarespace is the key you have been looking for to develop your online presence, your website, your e-com site, and so much more. Long gone are the days of working with five different companies to build a beautiful, functional website. You can now do it all in one place, cost-effectively and efficiently, all at Squarespace. So what exactly is Squarespace? Squarespace is an online platform that lets you build incredible websites, e-commerce sites, and more all on one platform where you own all of the content. This is a key in 2023, not putting yourself at the mercy of third-party platforms and actually owning all of your content. You can also centralize all of your data in one place and connect all of your social media accounts. If you are living in 2023 and you don't have your own online presence, you are making a mistake. If you are living in 2023 and don't have your own online presence, I think you're making a huge mistake. Some other functions of Squarespace include email campaigns, the ability to collect donations, exclusive membership platforms, SEO tools, and completely mobile optimized websites. And again, you can build all of this in one place cost effectively. Literally anyone can build and control their own websites on anything you care about now at Squarespace. So head to squarespace.com skinny for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch and use offer code skinny to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com skinny and use offer code skinny to save 10%. Squarespace.com skinny. If there is anything we have learned over the last few years when it comes to our health, it is the importance of a great night's sleep. Lauren and I have spent the last few years completely optimizing our sleep. It's literally the foundation for everything when it comes to health. If you aren't sleeping right, you are holding yourself back and definitely putting your long-term health at risk. One of our favorite products that we have found to enhance our sleep and help us wind down is definitely our Hatch, specifically our Restore 2 from Hatch. And now it's also time for you to make space for rest in your life with the Restore 2, your new bedside companion inspired by nature, backed by sleep science and designed to take care of you from sunset to sunrise. One of our favorite features is being able to tap into our circadian rhythms with our gradual sunrise alarm that wakes you up in the morning. Every morning, it slowly starts to mimic the rise of the sun, so no more loud alarms that jerk you out of the sleep. It's much more peaceful way to wake up. It literally just slowly over time gets brighter and brighter like the sunrise. We also have a whole routine that helps us break our late night scrolling habits. We programmed our hatch to start with a low light, and then it transitions to red light with a meditation program. After that, it transitioned to wave sounds and darkness. So now we just ease into sleep without any of our phones and get phenomenal sleep. So in short, Restore 2 from Hatch is an absolute game changer for better sleep, and it can do the same for you. It has so many different functions. Those are just the settings we chose, but you can obviously decide which settings make the most sense for you and your sleep routine. To check it out, head to hatch.co and get free expedited shipping on your new Restore 2 so you can start feeling well-rested ASAP. That's hatch.co to get free expedited shipping on your new Restore 2, hatch.co. Everyone is looking for a place where you can have fun, but also like play a game, but also have drinks and food, handcrafted food specifically. And I have the place for you. It's called Top Golf. It's golf. It's not golf. It's Top Golf. Okay. So there's a bunch of things that make them golf. So think clubs, balls, tees, turf. They even have like a ball picker upper situation. It's like a cart that come and comes and picks the balls up. And then they also have stuff that's not golf. So loud music, giant targets, TVs, handcrafted food, beverage menu, the works. 
they really mixed a vibe and an experience with a game. And I think this is so fun because golf can be a little stale, if you know what I mean. And this is not stale. This is anything but stale. This is where you want to go on a date with a group. I think it's so fun if you have like a team party there. I think it'd be so fun to take the entire team and have them play golf and eat and hang out. Even if you don't consider yourself a golfer, this is just like a fun thing to do. Okay. So here's the deal. They have half price Tuesday. So half price Tuesday applies to the gameplay. So you can go to topgolf.com slash Tuesday and get all the info on this. And a pro tip, download the app and book ahead of time to come play around on Half Price Tuesday or any other day. How fun. Topgolf is a total experience. It's the whole package, really. Topgolf. It's golf. It's not golf. It's Topgolf. I look at comments as as a room. Like you have to just shut the door and not go in the room. Because the problem is the second you go in the room, you're fucked. It's it's going to ruin your day. 1000%. And I think it just honestly hurts like just reading those things about yourself and I think regardless of if it's one comment, if it's 500 million comments, you don't need to read that negativity about yourself. You should be reading love. And if you're not experiencing that love on your social media, you don't need to be looking at it. Have you you kind of alluded to this earlier, but have you ever just felt like you just need a break? Like Selena Gomez just gets off TikTok. She's not mm-hmm. on TikTok or excuse me, social media. She's just off. She took a break. You could tell that she she had enough mm-hmm. for a minute. Do you ever feel like that? Yes. I definitely go through phases where I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop for a little bit or not even necessarily stop, but just like, not pay attention like I'll still post but then I just won't look at literally anything because I'm like my mental cannot handle just being on the platform and I think it sucks when you're just constantly getting reminded of like negativity like throughout your day you're like oh you're cleaning in your apartment well let me go on Instagram for like a few minutes like let's see what's going on and then your just gate day kind of just gets shut down and you're like oh well that was very demeaning people can be mean We've seen that with the internet. Yes. Do you have anything that you do daily, like in your routine in the morning and the night? Any products that you go to? Anything that you eat specifically mm-hmm. that you love? Like what are your things that you do on a day-to-day basis? I think definitely when you wake up in the morning, I am severely addicted to caffeine. But before I have any type of caffeine, I have like a full thing of water. I think that mm-hmm. is so... Yeah, drink your water. I think what people don't realize is the simple things that we were taught so much in our life are the things that actually are the most important sleep people shut sleep off like it's no big deal they're like oh i'll get like five hours five hours of sleep it's okay no the average person they say you should be getting eight hours of sleep for a reason you know eating three balanced meals like getting your certain fruits getting your certain vegetables i know it sounds like such like a mom thing to say and i feel so like old when i say this but i'm like you don't realize how much of like your anxiety or your sadness or just like your mix of emotions are coming from the lack of the nutrients that you're getting through your food or through your sleep or whatever it would be. And how much you're messing your hormones up. Yeah. And I'm like, you're we're growing up teenagers. I'm like, our body's supposed to be taking in these nutrients from certain foods or from, you know, going out in the sun or whatever it would be. And when you're lacking your body from those certain things, like I went literally six months of my life with getting like three to four hours of sleep a night. I was so Yikes. 
mentally just not myself. Why? Because I was just going through it and I... So you were so you were stressed about something and it was keeping you awake. Not even that, but I thought like this also goes with the validation part. I thought I needed to like go out every single night and go to all these crazy parties to feel like in if that makes like to feel like inside of a group or to feel like I had friends. And then once I realized, hey, this is actually the inflammation thing that we were talking about. That's yeah. when I realized I was storing so much inflammation throughout my body and I didn't understand why. And this like led to like a whole other part of my eating disorder. I thought it was like because what I was eating or whatnot. So I just like lacked myself from eating for a while. And then I realized it's honestly better to eat three meals a day, get six to eight hours sleep a night and drink. I try to drink like a gallon of water a day. You know, it just differs on the day. But if you can drink a gallon of water a day, that itself makes you so much happier. And it's crazy, but you just have to honestly try it for like a week straight and see how much happier you feel at the end of the week. It's crazy. Well, I want to hear about your announcement that you're making. Tell us Which what's one? going on with Sports Illustrated. Oh, wait, what do you mean? I feel like, like just for the- it's kind of an announcement, right? We, had to, we have coming. to hold the podcast, right? Oh, yeah. Well, just the fact that Sports Illustrated is coming out in May, their May issue. And I don't know anything about it yet. I shot it a few months ago. And I honestly haven't even seen the photos. So I have no idea what's coming out. And they don't share it with you before they publish it. They don't anything. You just, you just see it when everybody else yeah. sees it. Huh? So you don't know anything of what it's going to be? No. Okay. Honest, be honest with this answer. What is the actual? You said you had two weeks to prep. What are you actually doing? Like, is like the first time? Really, 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 what are you doing? Yeah, the first time that I found out, I think I was 18 at the time. Maybe I was 19. I'm not exactly sure. But I found out two weeks before I was going to my shoot. And I've struggled with eating disorders my entire life. And I know for those two weeks, I was like, you are going to eat every single day. Like, you. I like made a pact with myself. I was like, you are not going to try to slim yourself down in two weeks because for me, my body, that's just not realistically possible. I can't necessarily slim down that much in two weeks of like what I was expecting to do. So I honestly just like kept eating the same. I was working out like every single day. I didn't go out. I was sleeping like freaking crazy. And then I just went on the set. And then the second year, so this past year that I shot for them, I think I found out like a month or so in advance. Are you eating vegan? Are you eating lots of meat? Are you eating fruits and vegetables? Like what are you eating? Currently right now I'm eating a lot of meat, like protein, 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 protein. I love meat. Yeah. I think that just comes from like, there's like a carnivore diet. I love meat. And that's like what I'm trying to do right now because I think for so long I was like lacking myself of that because I was like, no, that's like too much food to be having. But now I'm just like, if I can eat, literally steak every single meal in my life, I will be doing that. <laughs> wow, Olivia, that's like what I like yeah. to eat too. A lot Listen, of we steak. get a lot of shit for saying Have that Have you ever tried really? Force of Nature? Mm-mm. Oh my that? God, you guys, if you eat meat, so, it's the best meat. It's like really? all the like boxes are, you well, know they what put I mean? Some, like, in some of their free. stuff, they put like blends of organs. So like instead of just eating like, get, like liver, liver, it'll be with like ground gives beef. You so energy. It gives you like the that's, stuff, but you don't have to just like eat a piece of liver, right? It's like just kind of blended in the the... That's crazy. Yeah, I've never tried that before. My friends in Hawaii, they all do like these crazy carnivore diets and I just see how like ripped they are and just how 
like much energy they have just with not even like needing caffeine. And I'm like, what, what are y'all, what are y'all doing over here? Because I eat a pretty balanced diet and I still do not feel like that. And then I started doing the carnivore diet when I was there and I was like, I felt a huge difference within like five days. I was like, wait, it's crazy. You feel so different. And also I like I'll go back. We live in Austin and I'll go back to LA and get my hair done and my hairstylist, this is fake hair right now, but my hairstylist will be like, what is going on with your ponytail? It's so much thicker. It's the aminos. Well, it's not just aminos. It's the collagen. It's, it's like, it's everything. It, it's a, it's grows a vitamins. your nails. It grows your hair. Like it, it, this is my experience. Like don't need a negative review from people that are going to get mad. This is just my experience, but it makes my eyebrows thicker. Like I just notice my skin, all these different things. From a beauty perspective, it'll make your jaw structure stronger too. Really? Yeah. Well, think about it. You you're chewing. Chew. Oh, interesting. Yeah, just suck down a smoothie all day. Your jaw's going to go away. So you like meat, a lot of meat. Yeah, which I like just starved myself of that for basically like a year and a half. So it's really nice that I'm like just focusing on like the highest protein I can get. Because if you really think about it, protein fills you up for the longest period of time rather than like carbs. And I thought before like eating like a bowl of pasta was like the best thing for me like every single meal. And then it got to the point where I like started doing more research about it and started being like, okay, let's dive more into like how this is going on and I think when I had my eating disorder at the worst worst possible place that I had it I went to this trainer and she basically sat me down and explained food like in a very scientific way being like this is the amount of protein that you're getting from this amount of food if you eat just this one piece of steak you will be full for x amount of hours versus if you eat this bowl of pasta you're going to be hungry 30 minutes later I'm like Interesting how that works. Then I started trying it and I was like, wait, I just ate and I'm starving again because I had a bowl of pasta. But then I just got, I went and ate a steak and I wasn't hungry for like an hour or two after. It's also like an old bodybuilding trick. If you start to have sugar cravings and you instead put a bunch of protein in, your sugar craving will go away. So it kind of forces you also, well, it doesn't force you, but it, it puts you in a position where you don't really want that sugary food anymore. Right? Exactly. And I think that's something that I struggle with is I have a huge sweet tooth and I love sugar. I, growing up, would eat like spoonfuls of like powdered sugar out of just my pantry. Like that's, I love that. I still will do it. I'm so guilty of it. But I think like with what you're saying, like I would have my protein as my dinner and I'd be like, wait, like I'm actually not even craving that anymore. Or if I do, I'll like substitute that with like a different type of snack rather than being like, Oh, I'm going to go have a bowl of ice cream. It's like I tell myself, I'm like, okay, you're obviously still hungry. Let's go eat something else that has higher protein in it. And if you're still hungry after that or you want your sugar, you can have it. But obviously you're hungry enough to the point that you can go eat this. You can be hungry to like go eat something that's going to fill you up. I think too, it's so weird is that once you start eating meat, you start craving meat. Like sometimes for breakfast, this is so crazy that I'm even saying this. I'll eat like a bowl of ground beef. Oh, and I, I would have never done that two years ago. <laughs> I know, like, even with my burritos, it used to be just like eggs, like hash browns. And then, like, for the past, I mean, whenever I'm in New York, I have like these huge burritos with like steak, sausage, bacon, yeah. avocado. And I'm like, wait, fire. It's weird. It's like you, wa- you want it more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Well, also, like, when you have that, like, if you start your day with protein, it kicks everything off. Right? It kicks your metabolism off, kicks your energy off. It's important. It's like some people start, you, if you start with a bunch of carbs and like sugars, you're just sluggish throughout the whole day. Fully, fully. I can't wait for the flattering bikini line that I hope I'm you I'm so excited. We literally came up with this idea like 
a week ago. Okay, I, I can't wait. So where who knows everyone, when it's going to come out? I'm sure a lot of people are already following you, but where can everyone follow you, find you, support what you're doing? What are you working on? Tell us all the things. You can find me, I guess, on like Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. Snapchat. I can't believe Snapchat's still going. <laughs> Just like Olivia.Ponson. And then on Snapchat, I think it's un- Olivia underscore Ponson 12. I don't know why that's still my username. It's from sixth grade. So had it for a while. You're absolutely <laughs> adorable, Olivia. I can't wait to see what you do. I will be buying a copy of Sports Illustrated. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having Thank me. You. I appreciate you. Guys. Yeah, it was so much fun. I want to know who you guys want to see next on the show. I love your feedback. Please let me know on my latest post at Lauren Bostick. And as a thank you for your time, we are giving away two pairs of Skinny Confidential driving gloves. They're the best if you're trying to protect your skin from the sun, especially when walking a stroller, golfing, playing tennis, driving, whatever. So let me know on my latest post at Lauren Bostick who you want to hear on the show. We're reaching out to a bunch of people right now, and I always want to make sure it's the best experience for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.